Welcome to the Dear Rochester Retire Well Podcast with David Pulsini from Six Point Financial Partners. In this podcast, find your path towards a brighter financial future with David as your guide as he helps individuals, educators, and healthcare professionals explore ways they can build wealth while minimizing risk using a multifaceted, comprehensive approach to personal finance. Are you ready to take the first step towards a brighter financial tomorrow? Let's get started. Welcome back, everybody. We have a special episode today. I'm really excited to share it with all of you. In our last episode, I mentioned that one of the things that we often overlook heading into retirement is the emotional side of it, right? How do you feel when you retire? Where is the purpose found? Meaning like what happens to the identity that you've built and you've had for so long working decades sometimes at certain places and that identity might just go away. So I'm not going to get into a long bio. I'm going to let him tell his story. I'm going to try to talk as little as possible, Dr. K. But I want to welcome you onto the podcast today. How are you, sir? I'm doing well. How are you, Dave? Good. Let's just start from the beginning. Start from the beginning. How did you get to where you are today? And then just explain to our listeners what you actually do. And it's pretty awesome for our listeners that are headed into retirement or that are in retirement, really anybody else. So go ahead. Absolutely. Yeah. Well, as I relay a story, if you're listening to this, you're in retirement, about to go into retirement, I want you to take a look back, maybe reflect on your own life years earlier and see if you relate to any of this. There was a point in my life about 11 years ago now that I had made it seemingly to the top of my career in the sense of I had achieved the goals that I had set out for myself after graduating from college. I graduated from Cornell University, not too far from from your neck of the woods, Dave, and with degrees in applied economics and management and biology. And I was working for one of the premier Wall Street investment banks at the time. This is 2005 when I started there. Yeah, it was a fun time to be in that industry. And then years ahead, I had no idea what was coming. But (laughs) anyway, so as those years progressed, I worked really hard to move up the ladder. I think it's something that a lot of us can relate to. And I saw myself as a high achieving individual. I wanted to move forward, achieve more, get the promotions, get, because this is what we were told, right? You go to school, you go to college, you go get a good job, you move up, you get married, you have kids and happily ever after, right? That, there it that, is. that was the story. So I was working through that. So then of course the great recession hit and we went through an extremely stressful period of time in the industry, outside the industry as well. But as a guy in my early twenties at the time, I figured I'll just put my head down and work, focus on what I can do right now. And how much can you take out of your current investments and never run out of money? When is the absolute best time to take social security? Are you 100% confident in your investment strategy? Are you paying too much in taxes? Why? If something were to happen to you today, what would they find? If you are doubting any of this and would like a second opinion or to review these items, along with many more, feel free to reach out to us. You can visit us at www.sixpointsfp.com or email us at info at sixpointfp.com. Back to the show. And so it worked out well for my career in that, well, first of all, our bank didn't go under like some of the others. So that was preferential yeah, bonus preferred or, yeah. outcome. Yeah. But we, uh, I found myself a few years later 
uh, I had gotten my first apartment all to myself. First time I lived by myself. And it was at, in a 30th floor sky rise of a brand new apartment building in downtown Jersey City, right across the Hudson River from downtown Manhattan, where I worked. And it was, it was an incredible view of the New Jersey horizon. There were no buildings of the same height near me. So I had this clear view of the sunset every night, assuming I got home in time. Yeah. to see the sunset but that was yeah. a different story right from, got home from work but here i was standing in front of this mirror thinking i got the money i've got the apartment i've been able to pay off my student loans i've been able to pay off my parents credit card debt i've been able to give more to charity than i ever thought i could in my late 20s why do i feel so empty inside why do i hate the man in the mirror and nobody knew the struggle that I had been going through at the time because I put on a mask, I'd go to work, figuratively, not, I guess <laughs> now we have another relation to masks, but whatever. It was a figurative mask That's that right. I would go to work and nobody know what I was going through. But I was dealing with burnout and I was dealing with, on, on the verge of more mental health challenges. And I knew that something had to change. I was lonely. I was starting to recognize that something didn't add up. And by that, I mean this. So I'd gone through school. I had gotten the A's. I'd gone to an Ivy League university. I had done well, double major. Here I am working at a premier investment bank. I'm moving up the ladder, got the promotions, got the money, blah, blah, blah. Okay, next step is find a wonderful person to get married with, have kids and go forward. That was what I thought. But when I looked ahead at the people that were further along in their career and in life ahead of me, I saw a different story and I was just looking at their quality of life and I was looking at their family life. I was looking at the relationship they had with their spouse, their kids, whether they got to engage in the hobbies that they enjoyed. And I really thought to myself, I don't want this. I don't want their outcomes. And I knew a few individuals who were getting to the point of retirement and then got it got to retire and yes there were they were happy no question you go from a really high stress job to having that free time and it was a totally different way of living for them so they were happy in in one respect but it was very clear that so much of their identity had been wrapped around their work life that they had to reinvent themselves and i don't know if all of them really had the tools to do so or the support structure to do so and i knew something was just knew this path was not something that i wanted to take but i didn't know what that path was and so sometimes life happens not to you but for you and it comes in packages that you don't really expect and my package was <laughs> burnout <laughs> the verge of depression being over 100 pounds overweight lonely and successful. It was a weird package, right? And so around that time, I hit a rock bottom and it was just a moment of, you know what, I'm willing to do anything. And it just happened to coincide with seeing my sister after a three month window of time, she just come back from her for her spring break from from her master's program. And so went upstate to visit my parents and her. And she had lost 30 pounds in the last three months that I'd seen her and cystic acne had cleared up. She looked incredible. And I was struggling with weight too. So in my head, even before I asked her, I said, okay, whatever she did, I'm going to do. So I asked her, you look great. What did you do? She said, I've been eating a raw food, plant-based diet. 
I said, okay, what does that mean? <laughs> she said, I've just been eating fresh fruits, vegetables, nuts, and seeds, just as they're found from the earth. I'm like, okay, that really sounds crazy, but I'm willing to do whatever it takes. Sure. So true to myself, I didn't tell anybody at work what I was doing. I just, I just showed up every morning with, with my green juice and things like that. This is before the juice bars. What were you eating before? Uh, I would call it a standard American diet that there was vegetarian, right. technically. It's still okay. a lot of dairy and stuff, but gotcha. but a lot of crap food, just processed, you know. So from Although that to I, the green had, shake is a big change. Yeah, big change, <laughs> big change. By the way, this is coming from pre-med biology major, and that, that's all we knew about nutrition, right? I just started eating differently, and slowly but surely, the weight started coming off, and I was on my way to losing 100 pounds. Along the way, people at work who kind of make fun of me for my green juice, like, what's that pond scum you're drinking, right? They said later they'd pull me aside and say, hey, Karthik, I need to lose a few pounds to get into the suit before this <laughs> wedding I'm going to in a couple of weeks. You can give me some advice. I said, yeah, sure. So I give people some recipes. I bring food into the office, stuff like that. And I, but I saw people lose weight, yes. But I saw type 2 di diabetes, chronic migraines, chronic joint pains, all this stuff start to go away. Wow. And I thought, wow, A, this is incredibly fulfilling to see this change in them. B, I don't even know what I'm doing. What is going on? And I realized, wait a second, maybe we don't have the headache because of the lack of Advil in our system. Do we have a headache because of the lack of Advil in our system? Or is it because we're fundamentally not giving our bodies and our minds something that we were designed to have? And so I started diving into this concept and I learned about naturopathic medicine. And it's a, it's a system of medicine that would go through a four-year medical program, learn basic sciences, anatomy, physiology, biochemistry, genetics, what have you, labs, imaging, diagnosis, general medicine, going through all the neurology and cardiology, all the above. And we learn conventional treatments along with natural treatments in the form of nutrition, right? Mind-body medicine, botanical medicine and herbs and all these other tools that we have in order to aid the body in healing itself so fundamentally that's the right aiding the body in its natural processes how do we boost the your gut health to support your metabolic processes to support your immune function to support your your hormone balance etc i learned about this. this is fantastic i decided you know what i'm going to leave my wall street career and go to medical school in my 30s and that was an opportunity for me to reinvent myself and said wow. hey i'm going to move from new york to arizona and in arizona nobody knows who i am other than my sister who had moved there at the time yeah. so by that time and she was the only person i knew in arizona i got a chance to reinvent myself going to medical school and i just said who is dr k of the future who is the version of me that i want to become okay and this ties into anyone who is retiring or thinking about retiring who do you want to be five years from now, 10 years from now? What is the life that you want to have? And so that's what I was thinking, like, who's this Dr. K of the future that I'm striving to become? What are his habits, routines? What does he eat? How does he sleep? When does he sleep? What, how does he move his body? What exercise routines? Who does he spend time with? What books does he read? Does he read? I didn't read, used to read books at all. And now I'm an audible junkie, right? So I started doing those habits, doing those things, that were in line with the person that I wanted to become. And sure enough, over the course of time, you start living not a reflection of your past, but more into the vision of your future. 
And so that was the genesis of getting to this stage. And so as I finished medical school and I started working with patients, I realized there was slight disconnect. One was, let's say I was working with a patient for helping them reverse type two diabetes, right? We come up with a treatment plan that includes nutrition and botanical medicine, all this stuff. And then we come up with a, a treatment plan that they, they buy into, that they're a part of, and they come back in a month and nothing has changed because they didn't do the nutrition changes, et cetera. And I realized that healing starts and ends in the mind. It starts in the mind and even my own journey. Yes, the nutrition was the key that shifted my mental health, but it wasn't the impetus. We change when it hurts enough, right? Yep. In whatever stage in life. So as we're looking into retirement and we're wondering what we're gonna do and it starts to feel painful, pain produces two outcomes. There's the common outcome where pain produces suffering. And suffering to me is sitting in pain longer than is necessary, living a reflection of the past, fearing the future, staying in that state and worrying longer than is necessary. Emotional health is not the absence of, of, of feeling, the being bulletproof, being strong for other people. It is being able to identify, process, and react in a healthy manner. So you reduce the duration of pain, you reduce the intensity of pain. And so you're able to process the scenarios and then produce the other outcome from pain, which is opportunity. So if it hurts right now thinking about what am I going to do with my life? Maybe instead of fighting it, gently lean into it. What is this allowing me to see that I would not be able to see otherwise? What is this allowing me to do that I would not be able to do otherwise? Pain produces opportunity. And as I, I decided, you know what? I, I think my real gift here is being able to coach individuals in the realm of emotional health, to help people establish the fundamentals so that they can be emotionally healthy. Okay, so what are those? Number one, your psychology your belief patterns, your the lens through which you see the world based on your past, based on your experiences, history of trauma, right? Your, your emotional intelligence, all of these things factor into how your mind works and that all can shift in certain ways and we can be strategic about that. Number two, relationships. We are the average of the five people and ideas that we spend the most time with. Some of us have heard that and so when you look at that in the context of moving into retirement, right? Who are the types of people who are retired that are living the type of life that you would like to live? Go figure out a way to hang out with them, right? Yeah. To associate yourselves with them, yeah. join those groups, whatever it is, because their quality of life and their thought processes and behaviors and all this stuff will rub off on you and you will start to become that type of person in your own way. And that's a very beautiful and powerful thing. Yeah, number so three. Good. Yeah, it's so good. Yep. Number three pillar of emotional health in nutrition. 90% of the neurotransmitters that regulate how we think, act, and feel are not actually made by our own body. They're made by the bacteria that live in our gut. 
There's ones that are helpful and ones that are harmful. And the ones that grow are result of the food that we eat, the stress that we have, lifestyle choices, all of those things. And so to have strong emotional health means we must have strong gut health. The food that we eat is a vital component of that nutrition. Number four, sleep. When we're stressed, when we have things that we need to do, it's the first thing to go. Usually I will sleep when I'm dead or whatever it is. And, and sometimes, especially if we've been a high achieving individual throughout our career, to be able to simply turn that off in retirement is difficult. It is really difficult. Oh yeah. And so it, it takes an understanding of why do we sleep? What are the benefits? It's the number one thing you can do for your long-term brain health right? And emotional resilience. And it's not just about prioritizing sleep. It's about being able to create a bedroom environment, a nighttime routine, a morning routine, a sunlight exposure during the day routine that supports having deep, powerful quality sleep. And number five, body movement, because motion dictates emotion and can include, doesn't always include just exercise. But how can we also just be in a little bit more constant, low-grade motion? How do we incorporate more movement in our day-to-day life? Whether that's taking the long way or walking to the store, some of those things, right? And that, that can absolutely help us shift our emotional state, but also includes things like power poses and whatnot. So those five elements, psychology, relationships, nutrition, sleep, body movement. If we focus on building those five pillars of our emotional health, it allows us to take pain and turn it into opportunity and we stop living a reflection of our past and start living into a vision of our ideal future a quick interruption six point financial partners is taking on new clients if you would like to take the next step in planning your future with dave or the six point team please visit them at www.sixpointfp.com to schedule a time or reach out via LinkedIn, Facebook, or simply find us on the internet by searching Six Point Financial Partners. Okay, back to the show. It's awesome. So I have so many questions from all of that. I want to ask you one that's pertinent to what you just said, though, was you mentioned emotional health, but the last thing was body movement and exercise. So people typically don't look at those two things in the same realm or the same way. What, and my point of this is, why is there such a stigma around the emotional health piece when it could just come down to those five pillars and making sure they're taken care of? Yeah, it's a challenge, right? Because I think when we, words matter, language really matters. If you think about our ability to hold on to memories is tied to language. What do I mean by that? If you didn't have the capacity to think in words, how would you describe a past event in your mind? How would you experience it? It would be a feeling, perhaps. How it made you feel. Yeah, Yeah. but it's very hard to convey a lesson without language. And so language is really powerful. Language matters when we say things like health. So let's do word association. If I say health, Dave, what words come to mind. And actually, if you're listening, do this for yourself too. What words come to mind if I say health? Exercise, your green shakes, vegetables, fruit, all those things. Now the five pillars, but now if I say (laughs) mental health, what might come to mind for most people? 
yeah psych wards and therapists or anxiety yeah depression yep. bipolar adhd schizophrenia fill mm -hmm. in the blank isn't that interesting health equals all of those things you described healthy things but you put the word mental in front of it and word association it becomes all these other things that are more in line with mental illness and so when i say emotional health okay realistically is there a fundamentally a different like those five pillars right positively impact mental health positively impact emotional health is there really that much of a difference there is only in how we perceive it because when i say emotional health well first of all okay emotional health what does that sound like it sounds like i should have a lot of feelings yeah like healthy feeling healthy processing of feeling like oh yeah emotional health that sounds but, but good. it's a I good thing no that. it's a good thing i want it's that. a good thing i right, don't want exactly it's like yeah. emotional health i want that yeah, <laughs> yeah yeah so again i think the stigma certainly it's centered around language but i think it's also it's also that fear of the unknown right and or when somebody's going through a challenging time when they're walking through the darkness if you haven't been there it's very hard to understand how to support somebody that's been there that is there and i think that fear is what what, what holds people back from really being able to embrace that hey you know what having strong mental health emotional health it's something that we could all benefit from and if we do if we create the foundation that allows those things to survive the five pillars then we're just going to be better off if i had a dying plant here and i asked you to help me solve this problem you might say you know what change the soil water it water sunlight give yeah, it yeah. some more sunlight and those are the pillars that a plant needs to be vibrant and healthy these are the yep. pillars that we need to be vibrant and healthy yep yeah so let me throw this back this probably was 10 or 15 minutes ago but I feel like I have to ask this because there are a lot of folks out there that don't know what the next step is, or they don't know what they don't know. Like, how did you know when you were at that point to visualize yourself one year, three years, five years, 10 years? I listen to a lot of stuff, a lot of podcasts where we read a lot. So I've heard this a lot, visualize who you want to become. And this could apply to a lot of different things, but how did you know at that point to even do that? Do you remember what triggered that in any way? Yeah, I remember what triggered it. it. While it's not a unique concept or thought, yeah, I hadn't heard it from anyone at the time. Yeah, that's uh, what so I mean. It was yeah, unique to me at the time. But yep. what triggered it was simply so that when I was moving from New York to Arizona, the movers had taken out everything on the truck, and I had my one bag, and I was on the plane. I was flying out of a Newark Airport, Newark, New Jersey, and yep. was literally watching my old life fly behind me wow yeah flying away yeah there's, there's one of those moments that you just feel yourself turning the page to the next chapter of your life right and i'm sitting there going wow i get to write the next chapter and in th that realization of wow nobody in arizona knows me if there was ever a time to reinvent myself this would be it well who do i want to become what does Dr. K of the future look like? And that was the thought process. It was that simple. That's amazing. And you know this, and I'm sure you've heard these things before because of your background or the, whatever you told us. And a lot of folks will say, yeah, but he was successful. He had 
and whatever. I don't even know if this is true. He had tons of money. So it was so easy for him to go to Arizona and reinvent himself and slow down and do that. What do you say to the folks that would say, yeah, but he was able to do that financially. There was definitely certain elements financially that were helpful. Cost of living, living by yourself in New York, regardless of what you make, <laughs> is challenging, right? Yeah, so I guess it's, it's all like relative, a, right? Yeah. yeah, I didn't have a ton in savings and, and that sort of thing, but it was enough to feel, okay, you know what? I can get through a few months in Arizona yeah. before my student loans for medical school and, the, uh, and all those stipends yeah. come in. But I knew that I was making a decision that financially would, quote unquote, set me back several hundreds of thousands of dollars yeah not working for the next several years all that stuff right so yeah. so that was a risk but it was one that i knew i had to take but yeah, the reality sure. is that when i actually look back and see what were the could i have done it with less yes because even if i knew then what i knew now if i could go back in time and tell my younger self something while he was still in in the previous career i would have said and let's say leaving was not in in the cards because actually i would say the money sure but the part that made it easier for me to leave because of life circumstances is because i wasn't married i had no kids it was just yep. me yeah and so it's very it's a lot easier to pick up and move your life when it's just you right and right. so that i would say was the biggest advantage i had regardless of anything else at that time interesting but in working with business owners who have families right where they feel they're pulled in 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 both directions because they have to support both and they have people that are employed by them, that their families are, they're responsible for it. So they're pulled in all these different directions. And, and then it's, well, how do I reinvent myself in the middle of all this? And as I coach them now, we start to just look at, okay, everybody's story is different. There's no blueprint for how to do this. We have to create that blueprint on our own. There are certain principles that make it easier, but we'll talk about what is right in front of you. What can you control? And I'll start with some very basics like establishing a morning routine, not sleeping with your phone as your alarm clock, right? Not starting your day with your phone, certain oh, yeah. tactics that are really powerful to just start the shift so that you start to feel better. And when you start to feel better, you start to think differently. When you start to think differently, that's when you start to create your own path. And so when I coach individuals now, I don't tell them what to do. They're discovering it through our dialogue, right? Yep. And in doing so, they recognize, okay, well, because they're a business owner or because they're retiring soon because of these things they have certain advantages that things that are in their favor and they're able to see like i said paint opportunity they're able to see the opportunity rather than focusing on the difficulty it's yeah. more about what do i have going for me and how can i leverage that rather than what's holding me back and when we can focus on what's possible we're able to craft our own way forward with the advantages that each of us have just in that point in life and our circumstances. Yeah, it's so good. So so for the sake of time, because I could get into so many things with you about thoughts and manifestation and thinking forward and all the gut health, we could go on about each pillar for hours and hours. To bring it back to the folks that are retiring, let me give you a few things that I'm hearing. And like you just said this, there's no blueprint, but I would wonder what the first step is for the folks that are saying this, Dave, I retired three months ago. I planned on it. I thought I was ready. I'm so bored. Number one. Mm. Number two, I get the, the projects aren't going any faster. I thought I was going to have all this time and I thought I would get it done. But you know what I'm finding myself doing is just procrastinating because I know tomorrow is going to be the same as today. My home project list that I was doing more while I was working than I am while I'm retired, which makes no sense. And then the third thing, and this might be the biggest is 
and I do get this infrequently, but I do get it. And I feel pretty badly about this is I wish I didn't retire. I wish I never did it. And I have major regrets about doing it. It may not be financial. It's the emotional side of it. They lost their identity. My identity has gone. I was the boss. I was the person. Now I'm at home and it's just, I'm not that person that I was and I'm not looked up to in the way that I was. So what would you, what would the process be that you would take some of those folks through if they came to you and just said, I'm bored, I can't get anything done, or I, I, the biggest one is just the regret. Right. Yeah. And the individuals that I've, I work with who were, I'm thinking about two clients in particular. One is it just finished up a six month coaching program with me and he is owns a family business. His son and son-in-law are taking over. He's retiring. And another one has sold his business to his son and he is in retirement, stepping aside, discovering, right? So boredom, this one is definitely one that is prevalent because when we're so busy, right, we have things to do. We feel purpose in our work. And so when we don't have that, well, now what do I fill my time with? And unfortunately, now we have so many ways of filling our time that are not really fruitful either. We can scroll on Instagram or whatever else, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, but you can also free up time to listen to amazing podcasts such as this one. So <laughs> things can open up that way. I think one of the things that we can start with is what makes you feel the most alive? What are the activities that you enjoy doing that just make you feel the most alive? And so if I ask myself that question, it would be, I love singing in the car when nobody else is with me and I can just belt it out and it's just, nobody knows it's happening. I enjoy it. I don't do it for anyone else. It's just for me. It's enjoyable. <laughs> What's your so favorite Dave, what song? About you? What What's are your some favorite of song to do that to? Oh boy. There's so I'm many pictures. I'm going to picture Dr. K driving down the road singing now. So yeah. you know what song you're listening to. Well, why don't we just start with favorite band? You want to take okay, a guess? Go with the band. For uh, you? Well, oh, for man. me. Yeah. You want to take a guess? Ah, yeah, you totally look like a heavy metal guy. Oh my goodness. Yes. yes. <laughs> I have no idea. Yeah. Backstreet yeah Boys. You were right. Actually, Metallica. No, <laughs> <Backstreet Boys> Metallica <laughs> exactly. No, I just bought tickets to their show in Phoenix in next September. Awesome. So I'm excited yeah. to go to that two night event. Yeah. So it's usually something like that disturbed could nice. be counting, counting crows or, or uh, one Republic. There are other things yeah, as well. Yeah. But anyway, so something like that. Sometimes even if it now you may say that's not purpose like to sing in the car that yeah but it if it makes you feel alive it starts to shift the way you think after you do that activity now you're like okay that felt good i feel good how can i create more of this what can i do that creates more of this and then as far as procrastinating there are many reasons that we might procrastinate but and this is a much deeper conversation. We might yeah. need another podcast just for this one alone. Yeah. One of the reasons that why we procrastinate is fundamentally, what are we doing? We're avoiding a task. We're avoiding doing something. Anytime that we do or do not do something, generally we are pushing a belief system about ourselves to make it true. So if deep down inside, we have a belief system that I'm not good at finishing things. Now, under the pressure of a deadline, everything else, we go and do that no matter what. But if we believe, yeah, I'm not good at finishing things, why would we start something if we know we're not going to finish it? If we have a belief system that I let people down, 
then if you were to complete the project and your spouse is happy, you wouldn't have let this person down. But your belief system is that you let people down. It's a very in-depth conversation yeah, that wow. I would go through. So there's a concept of we want different outcomes in life. And so what leads to outcomes? Actions lead to outcomes, right? So then New Year's comes around. We're like, yeah, New Year, new me. I'm going to go to the gym every single day. And by January 4th, it's over. So why? Because we think that a new action is going to create the new outcome. But what actually motivates the action? Let's go one level deeper. It's a belief system about ourselves. We're always going to take actions that are most consistent with who we believe we are or not take action in the case of procrastination in a way that's consistent with who we believe we are. Beliefs lead to actions. Actions lead to associated outcomes. And then those outcomes reinforce the belief pattern. It's a cycle. So if you want to have a new outcome, you have to start with a new belief pattern. That's why we craft the vision of the ideal version of ourselves. So if we craft the version of the ideal version of ourselves, the vision of the ideal version of ourselves, then that is a person who creates a, a home that is exciting. So maybe that home project is included there. Yep. Is able to commit time to the relationships that matter, live a fruitful relationship filled life, right? Yeah. All of those things. And so when we start living in that belief system, it creates new actions, new outcomes. So that's one way to address procrastination is really look at what are the belief patterns that are actually running my life. I could turn this and, into a coaching just for me right now, man. So I'm like, <laughs> I'm a morning person who believes that I get things done. So what do I do? I drive people crazy at 630 in the morning because I'm out doing things when normal people are or in the house doing things even better yet. Well, everyone should be sleeping or maybe taking it easy in the morning. I don't know. But yeah. I, yeah, I can totally see how that makes sense because yeah. I do that. And the one about, you know, I wish I didn't retire, regret. This is a tough one. I've heard this one too. It's uncommon. It's It's uncommon. uncommon. I've heard it. What we have to look at is what is, what did your work provide you? When you were working, what did it provide you? What were the feelings that it provided you? So I want for those individuals or even somebody that's approaching that stage where it's like, I don't, would I be better off still working now? I mean, it's not full blown regret. But that doubt that just seeps in there. Uh, there, there are many models of human needs, and there's Maslow's hierarchy and whatnot. The model that I like working with, simple, is number one, five needs. Number one, stability, because we need the roof over our heads, food in our belly. We need to know that our most important relationships are solid, right? Marriage, things like that. Number two, uh, excitement. We also need some variety, spice of life. You know, that you mentioned. That feeling of every day is the same as yesterday. We need excitement. We need things to look forward to. That is a need. It's not a luxury. That is something. Now, granted, sometimes life provides us those things and they're not things that we want. We call them problems. It's still exciting. So number three, human connection, right? And so sometimes working provides that human connection because there's just more people that you're interacting with. People really enjoy that. Number four, growth. We always have to feel like we are growing. Always, every human being, every animal, every plant, every business, harshly, if we're not growing, we're dying. Yeah. yeah. We have to keep growing in some way. Doesn't mean that we have to be great at things. So if you wanted, if you always wanted to learn that other language, go for it. Doesn't matter if you're not fluent later, go for it. You ever wanted to learn guitar, go for it. Do it, right? Give it a shot. It's a great way to stimulate the mind, especially as we age, to keep it healthy and fresh. 
and it provides that sense of growing. And then the most important one, number five, is purpose. And this is, I think, where people put so much emphasis on their work is their purpose. So the question is, let's say, you know, you were an executive of a company and you're now you're retiring, right? What is your purpose outside of your job? What is your purpose in the absence of the career? What is your purpose in absence of your community? What is your purpose in absence of your family? Like even if you were to extract yourself and put yourself in a totally different town just by yourself, right? What would you want to do? And here's one shortcut that, that uh, for the sake of time, I'll, I'll just give the answer rather than help our listeners here arrive at it. But one, one shortcut to finding purpose is look at the challenges in life that we've overcome, right? All of those things that you're like, wow, I went through that. And there's, frankly, I have experience and wisdom in this area. I would love to help someone not have to go through that pain that I went through. Yeah. And in doing so, we transfer knowledge, we transfer wisdom, we provide mentorship and advice. And not only is the other person or people, not only do they benefit from that, we find a level of fulfillment that is unmatched, unparalleled. When we can turn our pain into purpose, that's the ultimate freedom. Yeah, you keep saying that. The saying that I've heard is, you are best equipped to help the person that you once were. That's right. Because now you know. That's right. right. I'm, I'm going to get you that t-shirt. I love it. <laughs> I love it. This was awesome, Dr. K. I know you're obviously an extremely busy guy. How, how can our listeners... I have a thousand questions I could ask, by the way. I'm going to have to have you back on. How can our listeners find you, get a hold of you, social media, whatever you're doing? How can our folks get a hold of you or follow yeah, you? Absolutely. DrKarthikRamanan.com. I'm assuming you'll have the link in the show notes. Yeah, oh yeah, it'll all be on so, there. Yes, sir. Yeah, D-R-K-A-R-T-H-I-K-R-A-M-A-N-A-N.com. Anyway, <laughs> so you can find me there. That's my website. There's a, a You can learn about the the group online courses that I have that are available to anyone everywhere, live programs. And as far as social media, you can find me on YouTube, on Instagram, Dr. Karthik Ramanan. And my my deepest passion really is helping helping businesses become emotionally healthy companies because we're going through a true epidemic right now in terms of burnout and emotional health challenges in the workplace. And I think especially as we're going through right now, we're recording this in December of 22. We're yeah. <laughs> recession is in our common vocabulary these days, and yeah. and so I think it's a it's a stressful time for everybody, business owners, employees alike. And when we can implement that five pillar approach and learn how to learn how to be emotionally healthy, have the toolbox of skills to learn how to process pain and difficult situations and stress as they arise, not only are we better as an organization, we're more productive, we're able to serve our people better, our clients, our customers better. And every individual who works at, at these organizations are able to go home and be a positive influence for their family and their lives. We need more positive emotional health in the world. And, uh, I love delivering that through a company. So if you are listening to this, people that business owners who care, and really do want to more than the lip service actually want to do what it takes to help build an emotionally healthy company you can learn more about that at emotionallyhealthycompany.com 
and that we can discuss further from there. That's so good. I am so grateful to have you on today. I appreciate it. I know the listeners are going to get a ton out of this. It may be helping thousands of people that are just listening that got a lot out of what you just said. But folks, please go follow his stuff, check in with him, get onto that website. And for now, make it a great day. Thank you for listening to the Dear Rochester Retire Well podcast. Click the subscribe button below to be notified when new episodes become available. The information covered and posted represents the views and opinions of the guest and does not necessarily represent the views or opinions of Six Point Financial Partners. The content has been made available for informational and educational purposes only. The content is not intended to be a substitute for professional investing advice. Always seek the advice of your financial advisor or other qualified financial service provider with any questions you may have regarding your investment planning. Content here is for illustrative and educational purposes only. It is not legal, tax, or individualized financial advice, nor is it a recommendation to buy, sell, or hold any specific security or engage in any specific trading strategy. Results will vary. Past performance is no indication of future results or success. Market conditions change continuously. This commentary reflects the personal opinions, viewpoints, and analysis of Six Point Financial Partners. It does not necessarily represent those of RFG Advisory, Private Client Services, their clients, or their employees. This commentary should not be regarded as a description of advisory services provided by Six Point Financial Partners or RFG Advisory or performance returns of any client. The views reflected in the commentary are subject to change at any time without notice. Securities offered by registered representatives of Private Client Services, member FINRA SIPC. Advisory services offered by investment advisory representatives of RFG Advisory, a registered investment advisor. Private client services, Six Point Financial Partners, and RFG Advisory are unaffiliated entities. Advisory services are only offered to clients or prospective clients where RFG Advisory and its representatives are properly licensed or exempt from licensure. No advisory services may be rendered by RFG Advisory unless a client agreement is in place.